everybody, we'd like to invite you to visit South Dakota through the eyes of local Lou. She'll take you on a tour of lots of things to see and do. So enjoy your virtual visit through the eyes of local Hi guys, and welcome to the Local Lou podcast, where I read historical markers in and around South Dakota and talk a little bit about the area's history. If you'd like to see pictures of the historical markers and other fun spots to explore, head on over to Instagram at Local Lou Podcast, follow me, and you can find posts pertaining to this podcast or watch my stories, which is full of my personal daily life in South Dakota, everything from books that I'm reading, walks that I'm going on, amazing Midwest sunsets, and randomness. Lots of randomness. On Fridays specifically, I like to share podcasts I've been listening to that week. And if you listen to and like Local Lou podcast, I encourage you guys to check out Sioux Empire podcast. The podcast is stories you've never heard in the Sioux Empire about the Sioux Empire. And that perfectly describes it. The Sioux Empire podcast has episodes on hemp in South Dakota, the rise and fall of the Ku Klux Klan, and the latest episode, maybe my favorite, Halloween 2020, Four True Tales of Terror. Dun dun dun. Each episode is well researched and put together and polished in a way I can only dream of. Check out the Sioux Empire podcast wherever you are listening. I will have some links to the Sioux Empire podcast in my show notes and head on over to Instagram and you can find them there as well. As we get focused in on today's historical marker, there's a little personal history tidbit from me that kind of all correlates. I spent a few years in the Quad Cities as a teenager. If you aren't familiar with the moniker, the Quad Cities are four cities closely spread out along the Mississippi River in both Iowa and Illinois. The cities are Davenport, Bettendorf, Rock Island, and Moline. As luck would have it, I lived in the Quad Cities around the time that the Quad City DJs had a one-hit wonder song called Come On and Ride It, in parentheses, The Train. There is a good chance that that song will not be familiar to you, and that's totally okay, though it can be a fun crowd pleaser at weddings. As an adult, going back to the Quad Cities area is one of my favorite places to visit, Uh, specifically LeClaire, Iowa. It resides like many of the towns do right along the banks of the Mississippi. LeClaire has little shops, restaurants, breweries, and even a little area that they dubbed Libation Lane, where a brewery, distillery, and winery are all within like two blocks of each other. A historic district with some houses that date back to the 1850s. LeClaire is also home to American Pickers in a shop called Antique Archaeology. Those things alone have my interest. Now, here is the real business. LeClaire, Iowa is the hometown of William Cody, or better known as Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill was born in LeClaire in 1846 
And it kills me to say I have not been to the Buffalo Bill Museum in LeClaire. To be honest, it's quite a tragedy, amplified by the fact I have been making an almost yearly pilgrimage back to the Quad Cities around Halloween for the past decade to spend time with family and friends there and attend an absolutely amazing and out-of-hand costume party thrown by Made With Scratch every October. As you know, fully engulfed in the throes of a pandemic is not the time to host or attend a large gathering, nor would it be for absolutely frivolous travel. So there was no party. There was no road trip this October. With a full moon being on Halloween and Halloween being on a Saturday and the whole daylight savings time thing, it felt like an extra twist to that knife. But even more is I wanted to go to the Buffalo Bill Museum. I will have to hold my horses, and that's okay. I will find a safer opportunity in the future, even though the Quad Cities are gently calling my name at night when I close my eyes. I will make it there. It's okay. Until then, these historical markers in South Dakota are going to have to keep me busy. The historical marker we're going to look closer at today is in Riverdale Park in Sioux Falls. It's only a handful of yards away from the first flying machine historical marker from episode 7. Very different topics. The first flight in Sioux Falls and Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. What ties them together is the location, Riverdale Park, or what is now known as Riverdale Park, was a gathering space for large crowds. And inevitably, large crowds came to see both of those sites individually. I will say right before we get into it that I have a tendency to mix up Buffalo Bill and Wild Bill. So I'm going to lean towards referring to Buffalo Bill as Buffalo Bill Cody. It's just easier for me in my mind to keep track. It also happens to be there is a pretty famous movie character named Buffalo Bill as well. And I would hate for somebody to mix those up. I don't think that's going to happen, but Buffalo Bill Cody should solve both of those problems. Important to note, an autobiography about Buffalo Bill is a part of Project Gutenberg, and it's available to read online for free. Let's go ahead and read this historical marker and find out what links Buffalo Bill Cody to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Historical marker, Buffalo Bill. At age 11, William F. Cody was forced to find work after his father died. During his colorful life, 1846 through 1917, Cody was a messenger, Pony Express rider, Civil War soldier, Army scout, guide, and Indian fighter. He earned his nickname Buffalo Bill by providing fresh meat for railroad building crews. In 1883, he staged his first Wild West show, part rodeo, part theater, and part circus. For 30 years, the show traveled across the United States, Canada, and Europe. Arriving in Sioux Falls on a special railroad trail, Cody's huge cast opened the Tri-State Fair September 21st, 1896. Quote, historical scenes, end quote, portrayed Indian attacks on an immigrant wagon train, a lonely settler's cabin, and a Deadwood stagecoach. Spectators cheered each time Cody saved the day by charging in and repulsing the attackers. 
Sharpshooter Annie Oakley demonstrated her uncanny expertise, and over 500 riders, including 100 Indian warriors, performed feats of showmanship on horseback. It was said that the whole countryside came to see Buffalo Bill. Over 25,000 thrill-seekers packed the three-hour afternoon and evening shows. Historical marker, Buffalo Bill, Riverdale Park, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Buffalo Bill Cody was a Renaissance man of the cowboy era, capitalizing immediately on the yesteryear that was kind of still in progress. He hopped right on the train of making the Wild West a mythological place in time that maybe never was cleaning up the rough edges in a Robin Hood-like fashion to present stories in a more flattering light. Buffalo Bill Cody created a show that captivated and thrilled, making himself one of the most famous men in the world at the time. A time of slow traveling news and less exciting entertainment options, he was the man, the myth, the legend, a real rhinestone cowboy, by the looks of pictures I've seen at least. I can understand the lore. Buffalo Bill Cody was however, a man of contradictions, both a hunter that killed thousands of buffalo and somehow a conservationalist later in life, a womanizer, but also an employer of women that once said, quote, if a woman can do the same work as a man can do and do it just as well, she should have the same pay, end quote. A man who fought Native Americans and possibly even scalped a Cheyenne warrior named Yellowhair as a tribute to the fallen General Custer, but then employed hundreds of Native Americans? Pretty fairly, too, especially when directly compared to what was going on in the world, very fairly. He's a complicated man. Maybe the hypocrisy and the contradictions come from himself learning from his actions or seeing things differently through the lens of time. He's not a hero, and he's not an anti-hero, nor a clear good guy or bad guy, though at times you can place him very emphatically on one side or the other. Buffalo Bill Cody seems to be a gray area. Unbeknownst to me, Buffalo Bill Cody was the creator of the imagery in my mind when I close my eyes and think of the Wild West along with many of the now-forgotten dime store novel authors, an amalgamation of adventure, big skies, rough-and-tumble men who don't need nobody, guns, lawlessness, saloons, shootouts, pretty much the reason I love Call of Juarez and Red Dead Redemption video games. What is considered the Wild West time period began in 1865 after the Civil War and ended in 1895. The Buffalo Bill Wild West show started in 1883 in Omaha, Nebraska, right in the thick of the time period Buffalo Bill Cody was highlighting. So it's impossible to separate the real Wild West as to what was presented to us as the Wild West. This is a good time to start a conversation, actually. I have read about the idea that without the Civil War, there would be no Wild West. It's easy to get lost in the thought of how young men who had never left home all of a sudden were expected to not only fight, but to fight to the death. And in some cases, death was possibly a sweeter reward than living through the battle only to lose a limb or forever be scarred by what you saw or had to do. When the Civil War ends, you're expected to just go back to normal, pre-war life. But those boys are now men, even if not by age, then by experience. And they weren't all able to 
just go back to pre-war life. Some did go home and carry on, but others went west, bringing with them anger, resentment, wildness, lawlessness, aggression, and firearms. I'd love to hear your thoughts on if the Wild West could have existed without the Civil War. After reading Buffalo Bill Cody's autobiography, I will say I find him to be an unreliable narrator, but coming from storytellers and being one myself, I can understand where he's coming from. You gotta make it entertaining, and who doesn't like to be the victor of the story? But I find value myself in telling stories where I don't come off well in. They seem to paint a broader and more accurate picture. But the intent of his stories do not seem to be accuracy. It seems to be entertainment. And as they are written, it feels like the perfect scene to hear them in would have been at a dinner table full of friends or at a bar over drinks. Buffalo Bill Cody, an avid traveler at the point he arrived in Sioux Falls in September 1896, was also a copious diarist and kept route diaries, and we are lucky enough to be able to access them through the Cody archive. I was able to find two that pertain to the performance in Sioux Falls, and call me silly, but the idea of one of the most famous men in the world at the time writing about Sioux Falls is pretty cool. This is someone who had performed for Queen Victoria in 1887, to which Cody said, quote, It was a great event. For the first time in history since the Declaration of Independence, a sovereign of Great Britain had saluted a star-spangled banner, and that banner was carried by a member of Buffalo Bill's Wild West, end quote. I mean, that's pretty cool, guys. And gosh, did we talk about the Star Spangled Banner? I mean, I know he's talking about the flag, but the song Star Spangled Banner was showcased in the Wild West show well before it became the USA's national anthem in 1931. Coincidence? I think not. Like we talked about earlier, Buffalo Bill Cody was laying the groundwork for so many things that just fade into the Americana background of fabricated history, now so ingrained it's just taken as fact. The two route diary entries pertaining to Sioux Falls I will read completely from the Cody archive. Note 1. Sunday, September 20th, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, arrived in town 5.30 a.m., three-mile haul, two-lot, and all across country roads. We were never so far from town or car service as we will be here. The streetcar system consists of three miles of mule road with one car. Consequently, the trips average one hour and it does not run within one mile of the fairgrounds where we are located. Manager J.T. McCadden, Fred Hutchinson, Annie Oakley, Frank Butler, and William Sweeney went hunting today and came back with one prairie chicken, one jackrabbit, and a duck. Big Top was not put up today. Weather clear and cool and very windy. We found one half inch ice this morning. Note 2. Buffalo Bills Wild West performed in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on 21 September 1896. The day's entry in 1896 route diary. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Monday, September 21st. We are having bad show weather today. It tried to snow all morning but cleared off a little this afternoon. We gave a long parade this morning and a lonesome one it was. 
about one and a half miles before we got into the city limits, as this was the opening day of the fairgrounds, were thrown open to the public, free for the benefit of the show. The annex opened to a 25-cent admission and a very good business this morning. Dr. Carver was a guest of the show this evening. Business big in the afternoon, light at night. Weather cloudy and threatening. Lot, fairgrounds, arena, 188 by 403. If we think back to the historical marker in Riverdale Park, marking the spot where this show took place, it mentioned attendance was around 25,000 people, more than double Sioux Falls population at the time. And Buffalo Bill Cody writes about a 25 cent emission. So 25,000 quarters is $6,250. Using a handy dandy inflation calculator online, that says it would be about $178,763.74 in 2020 money. Now, I'm assuming a show that employs hundreds of people has quite a bit of overhead, but dang, that is some crazy cash. But knowing how this story ends with Buffalo Bill Cody living to be 70 years old and dying in 1917 with no massive fortune to leave behind, I can see two ways of thinking about that. One is, wow, he sure done messed up. And the other one is, well, you can't take it with you, can you? Not sure which way Cody thought about it. When you spin a yarn, sometimes it gets tangled. And with Buffalo Bill Cody, there are a few notable knots along the way. It was great to spend time chatting about Buffalo Bill Cody today. Ever since I saw this historical marker, it's been on my mind, thinking about a worldwide celebrity passing through the little infant city of Sioux Falls seems pretty amazing. And the Wild West has always had my attention. And now I know Buffalo Bill Cody is a big part of that. Recently, I spent some time lost in the historic gunfight at the OK Corral that took place at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, October 26, 1881 in Tombstone, Arizona, or about 74 minutes into the 1993 movie Tombstone, starring Kurt Russell. To hear my thoughts on the movie Tombstone, head over to Backlot 605 Podcast and listen to the episode where I make a guest appearance to give my opinion on the film. And in general, have a fun time chatting with the Backlot 605 guys. I will be flooding Instagram with links in my story as well as links in the notes of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I can't wait to see you again next time on the Local Lou Podcast. Through the eyes of local.